We're extremely thankful that you could join us. Let's jump right in as we look at the third storm anchor, the third storm anchor in a four-part series, Acts chapter 27 and verse 29. Then fearing, lest we should have fallen upon rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. We've looked at the anchor of his presence, the anchor of his promise, and now we're going to look at the anchor of his plan. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful for the anchor of your plan, which was fully realized on the cross of Calvary, where your son Jesus gave his life that he might redeem us back to God, that his blood might cleanse our sin and the power of the cross might cancel out the power of sin in our lives. And Lord, we ask that your word would find a lodging place in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Reared in a Scottish home, William Patton McKay was born May 13, 1839. We don't know that much about his early life, but his mother was godly. So as he left home to go be a, a go to university and become a doctor, she gave him a Bible and she wrote, you know, his name in it, her, you know, tech, put the underlined scriptures, uh, wrote some something on the fly leaf that uh, you know for her son, and and he took it and he pawned it. But years later, he was treating a patient who was dying. And the patient kept asking for the book. He needed to get uh, his landlady to bring him the book. So unfortunately, the man did die. The patient did die. But he began to inquire, what is this book? Was it a bank book? What kind of book was it? Well, Dr. McKay was not a Christian. But it came to find out that that book was a Bible. And not only a Bible, but it was his Bible. It was the Bible that his mother had given to him years ago and he had gotten rid of. And God, through many events, no doubt, brought it back into his possession. And through reading that word of God, he found Christ in his own life. And he became a hymn writer, and we find that he, he wrote some wonderful hymns. One of them has a chorus, and it says, Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. He became, he left the uh, medical field and became a minister. And we need a lot of doctors right now on the earth and in America. But don't you know that God had a plan for his life that was outside of what he thought? And God has also another plan maybe for your life. And he found it in the word of God. He found it when he made it God's plan a priority in his life. And, and really a storm anchor is no good, is it? Unless you cast it. Anchors are pretty useless in a storm if they're on the deck of the boat. And a Bible's pretty useless in a pawn shop if you need to read it. But you see, the Bible says, first of all, we need a priority. 
in our life. Paul knew what it was to make Jesus his priority. When on a Damascus road, he said to God, what will thou have me to do? And God began to lay out Paul's life plan. And what an amazing plan it was. The Bible plainly declares, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The Bible shares about we need to have a priority in our life. And maybe you've thought about what's the priority? What's the first thing? And you know, a lot of us will say, well, yeah, of course it's God. God's first. But not just first in our words, but first in our life. And the priority of making this lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world the priority of our life. Because the Bible says that we're not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, from our vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who was verily, verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. The Bible said that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth before he created the earth, he made this plan of salvation that Jesus would come and die on the cross. The Bible said he made him not just to die as the innocent for the guilty, but the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Not only was he the innocent dying for the guilty, but he was made sin that the guilty would be made innocent. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. And that's good news. <laughs> that God has a change for us that if we make him the priority of our life, that if we put God first in our life, that there's no condemnation of sin in our life. Boy, I didn't know that growing up. But it was when I gave Jesus my life and I made him a priority in my life that sin fell off. The power of sin fell off. You see, I realized that God had a plan for my life. He says, for what the law could not do in Romans chapter 8 and verse 3, and that it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. You know, that we should really, we should, when God calls us and God makes his plan known to us and God uh, makes his, his desires known to us, we need, we need to just say, God, now is the time. Now is the time to make you a priority. The plan of God won't ever take you where the grace of God can't keep you. If God takes you somewhere, God will keep you. Don't build up and say, well, I'm going to wait to give my heart to God or wait to find out uh, God's plan for my life until I retire or until I uh, graduate from school or until I make this team. If God's dealing with you about the plan for your life, go when God calls you. Make him a priority. Cast the anchor of his plan.
See, because God has a purpose. God had a purpose for Paul. He said the angel stood in the middle of that storm and and talked to Paul. And it said in Acts chapter 27, verse 24, Fear not, Paul, for thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. I've got a plan for your life, Paul. This is a storm. You know, we need to know God's plan when the storms hit. Because God gives our life purpose. Purpose. I was talking to a man years ago. I was a young maybe preacher or maybe even still in Bible school. Maybe this is in the 90s, late 90s. And we were on a plane and he began to find out that I was a preacher. And he began to lay out his life. And he was a businessman, a middle-aged businessman. Now I'm (laughs) middle-aged. And he began to share some things. And as as well as I can remember it, he said he has a house. He built his dream house. He was married. I think his kids might have been in college. He he had his old truck that he liked. He he told me he had made some good investments. And that's a blessing. Praise God. And then he looked at me and he said, I I won't forget these words. He said, but what now? But what now? You know, the anchor of God's plan, the storm anchor of God's plan, it will never let you down with the purpose in your life. This man said that he had no anchor for the purpose in his, he was in a different kind of storm. He was facing what's probably like a midlife crisis. That's a time when, in middle age, when you feel a strong desire for change. He knew that the things he, were do, he was doing, they weren't giving him a satisfaction anymore. That's a time, stereotypically, right, when uh, the, the, the man will, will buy a, a, a sports car and get a young wife or a young girlfriend. It's because, you see, when your body gets weaker, a lot of times men want the inverse in their surroundings. And inverse means that uh, as one becomes one way, like smaller, the other becomes larger. So as you, as you feel the furniture disease of your chest falling into your drawers, right? And you feel your, maybe the power in your body going down. You want to kind of have an inverse. You get a powerful sports car or divorce your wife and get, get a young wife who's young and, and, and uh, youthful to offset what's leaving in your body and as you perceive in your life. But you see, what, what happens in a midlife crisis, that's not what you should do, okay? Man, if you want to get a car... You can get a, get a powerful sports car, make sure you can afford it, but that's not going to alleviate your midlife crisis. What you need is a purpose. What the man on the plane needed was a purpose. And really, he didn't want me to tell him about Jesus. He began to talk about church or something like that. You know what? You don't need church. You need Jesus. And the Bible says in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 to 14, you say, well, preacher, I just need the grace of God. Yes, but this is what you need. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Now, what does the grace of God do? Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, 
who gave himself for us that he might redeem or buy back us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. You see, God has a plan for your life and it's to redeem your life back to God. It's to change what, everything about you. That's God cares about everything. Even the hairs of your head are numbered. God cares about even the little things in your life. God had a plan for Paul. God had a purpose for Paul. And, and, and God will give you a purpose, but God will also show you progress. God will begin to do things in your life where you can see progress. Not just empty promises. But when God has made a priority, God gives you a purpose. And then that storm anchor is going to show progress. In our Bible account, in, in chapter 27 of Acts, verse 41, the, Bi the Bible says, In falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground. And the fore part stuck fast and remained un unmovable, but the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. So then uh, it seems sometimes like your plans are over, overruled, right? Welcome to 2020 and the coronavirus. A lot of people had plans and they were overruled or they will be overruled, especially if it involved travel, right? But if God has travel plans, the coronavirus can't overrule them. The power of the Roman government couldn't overrule them. Because you see, God's progress is going to take place if you cast the storm anchor of his plan. Notice in verse 42 of Acts chapter 27, the soldiers' counsels was to kill the prisoners. That included Paul. Lest any of them should swim out and escape. Bad timing, right? The Roman government's going to take care of it. Swords might have been drawn. Maybe someone had one at Paul's throat. But it said, but the centurion willing to save Paul kept them from their purpose. You know, God's purpose is going to have progress in your life over man's purpose, the government's purpose, any power's purpose. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. God's spirit can overrule these things. And it said, the centurion commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. And it said, and the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they all escaped safe to land. 276 sailors, prisoners, soldiers, everyone got there safe. There was progress in the storm anchor of God's plan. We like to see progress, don't we? If you're making changes in your life, you like to see progress in your life. Let me tell you, you cast the storm anchor of God's plan in your life. And to, it's, it's as simple as saying, God, I offer you myself. I want Jesus to be the guide of my life. Maybe you've been coming to church for a while, but but you don't feel any progress in your life. Well, in order for Jesus Christ to help you grow, you've got to make him Lord first. Bible said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God. 
who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. You know, God bought you back. He bought you by the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And he'll make you new. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4 says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You want progress in your life? Keep reading Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1 and go to verse 5. And beside this giving all diligence, add to your faith. What is that? Progress. Virtue. That means goodness, right? And then to virtue, knowledge. Learn about God. And then to knowledge, temperance. Realize, whoa, I got to control myself. But keep going. Keep having progress. And to temperance, patience. This isn't easy. I've got I've to work some things out. But then you add to patience, godliness. And then when you work on yourself enough, you begin to show it. And then add to godliness, brotherly kindness to those around you, to your household and your family. And then you open the doors to outside and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you should be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. And let me tell you, you won't seem like you have a life without purpose. Really a Christian shouldn't be overwhelmed with the midlife crisis with a sense of having no purpose. Because you see, God has a plan for you and if you get discouraged and the storms are raging, look no further than the word of God. Go back to your purpose. Go back to your roots. As the spirit of God said in Revelation, go back to your first love. Jesus Christ and cast the anchor cast all your cares upon him for he careth for you and God will hold you sure and steadfast with the anchor of his plan let's pray